Hello and welcome to the NLA podcast with me, Richard Blanco. Today we're casting our eye over the landlord perspective on accessibility and adaptations for disabled tenants. Research by Abode Impact, which provides wheelchair accessible apartments for private rent in London, found that four in five disabled people live in a home that does not currently meet their needs and 91% experience barriers to renting. The Equality Act prohibits discrimination and requires landlords to make reasonable adjustments, but many tenants rely on disabled facilities grants from their local council to pay for physical features or fixed installations, though this usually relies on their landlord's permission. So it can be a complex area, and here to help us unpack some of the key issues are Guy Harris, who is the Asset Acquisitions Lead at Abode Impact, and also the founder and director of Accessible PRS. Welcome to you, Guy. Thank you. And Sally Stone-Byrne, who is founder and director of Branch Properties. Um, welcome to you as well, Sally. Hi there. Uh, it's great to have you both here. Um, I wanted to ask you, first of all, a bit about the kind of work that your organisations do. So tell us a bit about what Abode Impact does and, and Accessible PRS. Thank you. So Abode Impact is a very exciting uh, uh, prospect. It's a London property fund and they're looking to take advantage of London's fabulous uh, planning laws where 10% of new builds must be built to um, a, a category 3 standard which is wheelchair accessible or adaptable. So what we want to do is buy um, buy them uh, before they're built, uh, have them handed over to us as uh, accessible apartments and then make them available to rent to wheelchair users. Um, accessible PRS, uh, the other company, is to do with helping landlords understand the benefits of this sector which is a booming or it's a growing sector um, and um, make make themselves ready, make their properties ready, and, and put them in touch with um, tenants. Tell me a bit about what what the benefits are, because for example, we know that disabled tenants tend to stay longer, don't they? Because of yeah, course, absolutely. the property has been adapted particularly for their needs. Absolutely. So I think it's a it's a mindset, and it's where we're going. Uh, there's a there's a myth that, that accessible is clinical or, or ugly, and and really that that. Certainly doesn't need to be the case, um, and if you come to my home, you'll, you'll find that it isn't the case. Um, I think other benefits. It, a lot of it is, is about aspirational properties. So, for a wheelchair user, what we really need is is space and and flow. So it's a how you organise the space, and if you think central hallways rather than long, dark, narrow corridors, all of this is going to suit anyone. Um, so, so there are as, as well as fewer void periods, uh, increased yields, lower transaction costs, there are plenty of reasons to want to go down this route. Okay, and now Sally, um, tell us a bit about the work that Branch Properties does. Yeah, so we specialise in finding and providing uh, accessible properties. So uh, as Guy mentioned, that there's not many properties around that are wheelchair uh, friendly. So we work with our clients to find out what their requirements are and we go and search for properties that will suit and then we adapt them as needed. So you know, usually this involves really simple things like putting a ramp to the front door so the so a tenant can get into the property um, and then making the bathroom accessible. That's always, always uh, high on our priority list. Um, so yes, that's and a, presumably a lot of the work you do is about 
uh, trying to bring landlords on, get landlords on board and trying to get them to think outside of the box because some landlords, particularly in um, a market like London where there's a big mm -hmm. demand, will be thinking, why should I bother because I can just get a, a tenant that doesn't have disability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we often hear, hear from landlords, well, I've got three other potential tenants that could take this property, so why should I have this time, spend this potential, spend this money to do to do these adaptions. Um, and what we say time and time again is not only are you helping to house this client and give them independence at this moment, this property is then going to be useful and livable in for everybody going forward. And it's particularly persons, isn't it? Because um, it's predicted that a third of 60-year-olds will be renting by 2040. So um, a lot of landlords are likely to be getting older tenants um, in, in the future. And older tenants might develop disabilities or mobility issues, etc. Absolutely, yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate fact, really, that the elderly are going to be renting and not in a position where they have their own properties. But certainly, it, you know, to make the, the house, the, the flat, accessible to everybody. You know, your uncle might have broken his leg, you're, you're also your friend who's got a baby, they've got a wheelchair. You know, this, this, this accessibility for everybody is really key. Now, Guy, um, a lot of people would assume that perhaps the social housing sector would be the main provider of adapted accommodation, but that's not always the case, is it? It certainly isn't. There's a real misconception that if you're a wheelchair user, uh, you must need benefits, handouts, help. Uh, and there are a lot of people who, who that is the case, but um, LSE did some uh, fantastic, um, did a fantastic report for Haventech, and uh, they... Having taken as a housing association that specialises in this area. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so they discovered that um, of the 1.8 million people with housing needs, 39% of them uh, are actually in the top half of income distribution. So uh, certainly the private rented sector uh, is a great place uh, for these people to come and find their next home. And, you know, what sort of challenges are disabled tenants finding when they're applying to rent properties? Are they finding that a lot of landlords do turn them down? Or, you know, what is the reality out there? Well, in my experience, and I'm just sure Sally shares this, it, it's the initial stumbling block. It, it's having the relationship, it's being able to speak to a landlord. Uh, it, yeah. If you can just uh, have an equal marketplace where you can speak to the landlord that can change everything because landlords are humans, tenants are humans and, and this, is, this is how we work best. I guess Sally, a lot of it is about awareness that a lot of landlords just won't be aware of, of what's needed or what to do. Absolutely, when we get quite a lot of landlords getting in touch with us saying do you want to come around and see our property, is, is it, do you think it's going to work for a wheelchair user, which is a great, a great thing for, for us to be approached about. And then often when we meet the landlord and we have conversations, so why have you why have you decided to come down this route, which is great. Usually it's to do with um, they've had some experience with uh, with either you know a disabled relative or somebody's had an accident within their family group. So they're more aware of the difficulties and the challenges, and they want to help. And that's um, you know, and they see the benefits of of of. of uh, giving the accessible properties. 
yeah. yes that it's going to make the property more uh, amenable to lots of different types of tenants isn't it i wanted sure. to, to come on to the law actually a 2010 equality act which is a, a uk-wide act protects disabled tenants from discrimination and it also requires landlords to make reasonable adjustments so what kinds of adjustments might a landlord be required to make? So the sort of adjustments that will be needed, um, sort of going back on the, the basic, so getting through the front door, so the ramp into the front door, um, and grab rails within the bathroom. Uh, so it's really quite basic, you know, I mean, as I mentioned before, the bathroom's an issue. Um, often the when we go around to see properties, they're not big enough to swing a cat, let alone turn a, turn a wheelchair, because there's a bath in there, or the shower's got a, a big lip. So, you know, it's about making small changes to, 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 make, it, to make the property adaptable. And I think talking to the tenants is the, is the first key. So we, um, my wife and I, uh, rented this, this property, and it was fantastic. We, we only needed a temporary ramp at the front door, when we came into the bathroom, we put a grab rail up. That was, I think, probably £15 from um, Screwfix. We took a shower screen. It was a glass shower screen out and put a shower curtain in. I already had a, a shower chair I could use. So uh, I think the shower curtain maybe cost us £5. It, it really... It, ask the tenant. The tenant is the person who knows. There is a difference between what's adapted and what's accessible. And these terms, although they're used interchangeably, they, they really aren't start with the tenant, they, they'll know what's required and quite often it's very little. And yeah. There's quite a lot of guidance available on the CAB website and on the shelter website. Um, uh, some of the terms that are used, it talks about the difference between auxiliary aids and actually changing physical features. And As I understand it, um, the landlord uh, may well have to provide what are termed auxiliary aids but doesn't, uh, if they have to uh, change the structure of the property in some way or change the kitchen or the bathroom, that they don't actually have to pay for that. Is that right? The, the landlords can apply for um, a DFG, so this will be... Uh, That's a disabled facilities grant. Yes, yeah. so, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and that can give up to £30,000. Uh, you know, it would be on a very rare occasion that would all be used because as we keep saying you know to, to make a property adapted is in you can it, it can be very small it's often a lot needed. cheaper than people realize yes yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely um, and these are available from your local council so you apply for them all the tenant can apply for them um, now one yeah. of the issues that can happen sometimes is that the tenant would like to rent the property but the landlord doesn't want to give permission so I guess you've probably done quite a lot of persuading and negotiating around that, have you, Sally? We, we spend a lot of our time negotiating and, and um, try, you know, explaining why these would be beneficial for the landlords. Um, all, all, we, all we can say, you know, is that it's only, it's only going to bring value to the property over and over again. It's not going to be, by the end, at the end of this tenancy, then... You know, some landlords say, oh, well, we might have to have it all ripped out then to put it back to how it was. No, that's not the case, because also now, you know, all the, the uh, modifications that need doing look, can look absolutely stunning or not even noticeable. 
So, um, and I think the language can be confusing. Uh, we, we discussed this earlier, but um, broadly speaking, uh, there is some common sense in the law, and if, if there's a physical um, change that needs to be made, obviously if you're a small landlord and you don't want to go down knocking down walls and, and widening doorways because this is, this is a, a, an expensive thing to do, and, and no one's expecting you to do that. Uh, what mm -hmm. I think we're or the law is aiming at is, is saying, look, there are these temporary uh, measures. Ramps can, can be temporary, they can be permanent, they can be temporary. Uh, you know, bathrooms, what, what, what can we do there? Uh, so, so it's really just about understanding that in any case, if you're whatever landlord, whoever your tenant is, you, you may be able to, you may be asked to make reasonable adjustments. Um, from my point of view, I come at it very much from the point of getting the landlord to understand uh, what they can do, what the benefits are, what actually they really might not have to do, um, and getting them on board with the whole concept before feeling like they're just going to be steamrolled by a whole load of bureaucracy or, or building work or bills. That really is not the case. It's tricky, isn't it? Because what you're looking for is to develop a good relationship with the landlord. Totally. So you don't want to be throwing regulation or the law at them. I suppose some disability... And nor to the tenants. Sorry to interrupt. Sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. you know, for, for the tenant, it's absolutely in their interest to have a very positive relationship with their landlord, which yeah. for me is another one of the benefits of, of um, renting to wheelchair users. It, it's, a, it's a different transaction in a way um, mm. that... As a, as a landlord, you want the person in your property to be looking after your property. Yeah. Um, tenants, wheelchair users, recognise the importance, more than most probably, of, of this of, of housing meeting their basic needs. So, for example, if something's going wrong, a gutter's dripping, or, or, or there are issues which a landlord should fix, as a landlord, you want to know about this as soon as possible because it's cheaper to fix. Mm. You're far more likely to have that when you have a good relationship with your tenant. Um, so there are all these side benefits to yeah, yes, think, absolutely. Yeah. And I think just to just to sort of agree with what Guy said there, you know, but a lot of the tenants when they come to us, they're so frustrated. They've been looking for ages. They've turned up at properties with just one step, um, you know, and all this time, frustration, disappointment. By the time then they've got to us, and we have found them somewhere. Mm. They really, you know, they really want to take care of the place. They, you know, the last thing they want to be doing is going through this process again in a, a year's time. So, yes. you know, landlords will have tenants for longer. They will really definitely take care of the property. Absolutely. So I just agree with you. Just thinking that. about other reasonable adjustments, for example, if somebody uses an assistance dog, perhaps they're blind and, and they have a dog to help them. Uh, some landlords, of course, mm -hmm. say they don't want pets. Have you dealt with situations like that? Yeah, yes. probably so be laughing. Um, <laughs> in some ways, finding properties for clients with dogs is harder than even, you know, finding uh, wheelchair accessible properties, mm -hmm. which is, is ha has been challenging in the past um, but there are there are there are ways around it because landlords are supposed to are meant to um, yeah, to rent to to, to then that could be disability discrimination yeah. refusing to take yeah. a yeah. dog yes, uh, yeah. but also I think it was Chesterton's recently did a report uh, or have some information out saying that uh, landlords who rent to 
pet owners can charge more, and that's separate. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate that for assistance dogs. Mm -hmm. but well, the issue was deposits. I think that people would like to take a higher deposit in case the, okay. the dog damages the property. But, yeah. um, and I, I guess as well, Sally, I imagine that you've had to adapt the service as an agent that you offer to disabled tenants. So, say if somebody needs the um, contract in a different format, or you know, because they're blind, or um, etc. Uh, and of course, landlords and agents should be making those sorts of adjustments too. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And you know, um, the website, for example, needs to be accessible. And um, in fact, just moments ago, before this podcast, was t we were talking about uh, a client that uh, needed to sign T's and C's and wasn't was not able to has, has no use of their arms, so you know, unable to sign. So. We always find ways of, mm. um, you know, improving our ways of and working. And how does somebody with... sign in that situation? What's um, what adjustment do you make? We've had to look at uh, a different format, so um, you know, various different formats of that. I think it's illegal. Yeah, illegal. Using a, a third party or an authorized. Third oh, party. an authorized third party, right? Oh, I don't yeah, mean that's in checking, but. Um... Presumably working with an agent like Branch Properties, um, you would have expertise in that area, so you could help landlords with that. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned earlier, Guy, that we're going to see, or it's expected that we're going to see, more older people in the private rented sector. Um, and I know there's this idea of, it's a bit of an outdated term now, but lifetime homes, where you create homes that are suitable for people as they get older and perhaps develop disabilities. Um, what do you think needs to change in the PRS to kind of um, be, be, be future-proof, I guess? Uh, so this is a great question, and, and I, I've got a, a couple of takes on it. Um, I know that, I think the official stat is something like, by 2036, one in four people in the UK will be over 65. So this, this, is, uh, this is not an issue that's going to go away, and we do well to embrace it. Uh, there's a Savills report recently which uh, suggested that where we have older people with, with homes and they're, they're blocking homes, um, they're, they're not downsizing because they don't have the aspirational homes, the type of homes they want to live in. And so for me, thinking about landlords in the PRS, uh, there's hedging or in terms of future proofing. One, we want to know that we can rent a property to uh, the widest market possible. And two, we're, I, I always think it's useful to think of an exit strategy. And so uh, if, if, as a private landlord, you want to sell at one point, having an accessible home could be that you've, you've built the, uh, the right kind of home for other people to move into. So any which way, you are widening your market, you're increasing your... Um, your bets, whether you want to rent, whether you want to sell. It, it's a market that's getting bigger, it's not going away. What would you like to see change, Sally? And you've worked with lots of landlords, I'm sure you've come across lots of different situations. Yeah. How do you think the PRS needs to adapt? How do landlords need to change their attitudes? Well, look, all, all I know is that we've got a lot of people on our waiting lists that are waiting for properties that will be suitable for, for them. Um, and I'd like to see landlords coming forward to ask us to come around and have a look and see if they can be adapted. Um, it would be great if this would be because they can see it as a good business sense and not necessarily have 
gone through a traumatic experience to come to that decision. You know, um, as Guy says, this is this is accessibility, uh, adaptive properties are not going away. So, you know, we'd we'd really just like to see more landlords jumping on the bandwagon. Really. I, I was just going to say on on that, uh, possibly in terms of tips or advice, uh, accessibility is, is is important. And whilst a lot of it is is actually quite simple, uh, I would just uh, suggest that take advice because I've seen too often where people have spent the money and not got things right and that's frustrating for everyone. Yes, yeah. so get the advice before absolutely. making the adaptations. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and of course every disabled person is different and every disabled person will, you know, may well need uh, particular adaptations, although there are certain things absolutely. you can do that will, will meet a lot of people's needs, I guess, yes. like door widths and things like that. Yes. Okay, well, that's it for this podcast. We'd be interested to hear any thoughts or experiences you would like to share. You can tweet us at National Landlord or comment on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash National Landlord. And you can catch up with previous editions on iTunes or via the news and campaigns section of the NLA website, which is landlords.org.uk. My thanks to my guests, Guy Harris and Sally Stone-Bairn, and to you for listening.